Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Dan, do you want to start from the, the myth today? You can like start off the podcast. Um, give, in fact, you're taking the lead in this whole podcast. I'll do whatever you say. You, you no. do whatever. Hello, welcome to Myths. Um, unfortunately, Matt can't be with us this episode. That's not why. So <laughs> it's uh, just going to be myself. He's told me that I can I can kind of do the podcast. I'm going to take the lead on this one. And I've decided that he's not in it. Uh, so I am here. Hello, to- I'm Matt Hoss. Did you or did you not 30 seconds ago just say I could take the lead and you would go with it? The lead? Didn't see this coming, did you? Didn't see this coming, did you? It's different, isn't it? Because what I thought was maybe we could, you know, you'd take a bit of an assertion. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. But now you just cast me out for my my own ship. Um, I've also decided for this episode, seeing as I'm taking the lead, we're going to rank the myth before... We're going to work backwards. Can we actually? We're going to rank the myth before we do the myth. Can we guess what we're going to rank it? Okay. <laughs> Let me write down some guesses. Yeah, let's do it. All right. We know nothing. This is part two, Jason of the Argonauts. Oh. Part one was pretty good. Got yeah. a solid 20 edge of the f- possible 40 points. So just to let you guys know, uh, yeah, uh, so last week we did Jason and the Argonauts. Um, we're going to be doing part two. Uh, part two of three this week, aren't we, Dan? Yes. Thank you for acknowledging me. So, here's <laughs> the predictions. Where this weird to kind of do the ranks in the first section, but uh, it's um, yeah. So, if you, in case you don't know, we have life skills, uh, morals, uh, creativity, and the WTF factor. Part two. I reckon I know nothing about it. Absolutely nothing about it. But I reckon a lot of life skills that's what I'm sensing Matt I'm just, sensing a lot of life skills I'm like the Delphic Oracle I predict the life skills I, yeah I, I agree with you just just to clarify for the listener as well we have no idea what's going to happen in this because like, we, we essentially we've got our source but we haven't really read into it we also don't know the myth whatsoever so we have literally no idea okay yeah, that's pretty so, much what we just said just clarifying it <laughs> for a more personal lit- this guy has to edit Dan <laughs> so Life skills. I'm gonna say. Do you reckon this is gonna be? You reckon this is gonna be a seven? Yeah, I reckon it's a seven. <sighs> what was last week's? I reckon a seven. Last week's was a was an eight. Mm. There's no reason why this wouldn't also be high. I think it's seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I agree. But not as. It's not as good. Not as good. Morals. Now, do you reckon part two? Now we're quite part two is like the meat. You know, we're we're now we've done the backstory. Now we're in. Now we're into it. They're halfway. Through, they're a third through their journey. Do you reckon this is where the moral stuff starts coming, or is that going to be more part three thing? I think this is where Jason's going to build himself as a character. So I think we're going to learn a lot of different stuff here. So I think I think it's going to be a seven as well. Okay, I think it's going to be a six. Six point five is going to be the average. Well, why don't you put your rank and I put mine? We can kind of rank it together. All like, right. you see who gets closest. All right. So, okay. I mean, not that we can be biased and persuade each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in all fairness, I think that uh, I think we're quite fair when it comes to that. In all fairness, creativity. The first one was very creative. Got I, an eight. I think it's going to go a little bit lower. I think it's going to be a six. <sighs> I think it's going to be another eight. Matt thinks a six. I think it's going to be an eight. We literally, I don't, you know, I mean, we literally know nothing. <laughs> We're so uh, stupid. Life skills. 
Oh, oh the WTF. The WTF actor, or Dallas Collette, life skills. Uh, <laughs> WTF. Do you reckon this is going to be more what the fuck or less what the fuck? What was last time? Was the last eight? time was a seven, which is three less than a ten. I think it's going to be a little bit more. I think we're going to get into a lot of meat here. So I reckon... You think there's going to be monsters and yeah. weird stuff? I reckon eight. Do you know what I reckon? A nine. Whoa! <laughs> playing with fire, Dan. Yeah, playing with fire. Uh, so, the t- my total is 14 plus 6, 20, 28. Same as last week. Matt thinks it'll be a 28. I think it'll be a... 7 plus 6 plus 8 plus 9. Yeah, 6, 7, 8, 9. 30. Oh, high fly, Dan. Let's see how it goes. We're going to go straight into it. There's lots to cover today, so here we are, into the myth. Have I done that right? What was that? Say that again loud for the podcast. <laughs> was that you can't that right? So no, it's it's, it's thirty. Yeah, is it thirty? Yeah, had a lapse in judgment there, didn't you? Yeah. So uh, we're gonna crack straight on with uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, let's what? What's up? I just can't work out the maths. I can't work out why. <laughs> right, so, so I can't work out why that why that's only adds up to only be two less than yours. Yet there's a point missing there. There's two points difference there, and there's one different there. All right, hold on. So, I suppose okay. that's because yours is one more. Yeah, I'm right. Thirty. Boom. All right, we're going to crack to it on now. Uh, we need to do a quick recap. What happened last time? Last time, Jason. Last, last time on Jason and the Argonauts, part one. Give me bullet points, Jason is the son of a man who is currently locked under his palace by his stepbrother. Yes. Jason is therefore the rightful owner to the throne. Jason goes... it's not his uncle. Yes, his uncle's uh, on the throne. Jason goes to confront his uncle. Hey, bozo, give me my throne. He's like, uh, no thanks. Why don't you go to find the magical fleet and then maybe you can, like, come back and be... But why did you do that, Matt? Why did you do that? Because Jason was wearing... A golden fleece. Because he was wearing one sandal. Wearing and one the prophecy sandal, yes. said that he would die because by the hand of a man who was wearing one sandal. He noticed Jason was wearing one sandal and thought, oh shit, he's going to kill me, so I need to get I need to get him out of here. Uh-huh. And he made him go on a quest. And Jason... Hoping that he would die on the quest and therefore not be able to return and murder him. Bullet points. So, he got a team together. He got Hercules, Theseus, uh, and some of the... Atlanta. B-listers as well. And uh, he's left half of them away, but... Uh, uh, and also, amongst that as well, uh, he, he had the Argos built with a, some timber who can tell the prophecy as well. Yeah. Then they went on an island and fathered loads of children. Then they went... Um, and they Hercules behind. Yes, and then they boxed uh, King to death. Then they, they probably boxed King to death. And now they've just saved a man who lives on an island who, um, full of harpies. Had a lot of shit to eat. Yeah, and he has, in return... Um, give them some prophecy give them some prophecy for their future voyage something I didn't mention last week they have a timber that can tell tr- the future why do they need a blind guy to I don't know well maybe we can find out then should we jingle it into myth part 2 I, I think we already haven't we already jingled I don't know let's we'll- jingle again yeah. 
don't think we would have jingled because we think literally I went did. straight into life schools to, to talk about that. No, because I said it well, we're going to be jingled. I literally did. Oh, did you say that? Yeah. So I was too busy doing my maths. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, so um, here we are. I'm going to go straight into it. Part dos of Jason and the Argonauts. We talk about the clashing rocks. After a short stay, the Argonauts set sail on a favourable wind stirred up by the goddess Athena. Soon they reached a narrow and winding strait guarded by the Sympelagades. Sympelagades, the clashing rocks. The clashing rocks is far easier to say. Um, Let's just call them the clashing rocks. Phineas had forewarned the Argonauts that no ship had ever passed through, and even if the Argo was made of iron, she would not survive. And just to give you a forewarning, Phineas is the person who is the blind king. Who they rescued from the island. And he tells them the future because they saved them from the Furies as well. It was their gift. As counselled by Phineas, Jason released a a dove to fly between the towering cliffs. The rocks... Where the bloody has he got a dove from? (laughs) Dunno, it's as monsters, the fish that helped him (laughs) swim earlier. You know, there's there's Brian the Eagle, there's Barry the Woodpecker, Dave the Dove. (laughs) Dave the Dove. I don't think Dave has a quite a long existence, really. Well, I'm diving to Dove Mine. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, I'll go and drive through those uh, clashing rocks. Uh, what happens? The rocks clash together like tremendous cracking teeth, nipping the Dove's tail and sending the foam towering into the sky among the clouds and thundering the atmosphere. So the rocks literally smash together. I don't think they kill the Dove, they just catch its tail. Oh, yeah. So um, it's close. And if a Dove can't even fly without nearly getting killed... What the bloody hell is the ship going to do? Even if it is one of, the, one of the top boats. It is primo. As a James boat specialist, it is primo. Um, what, do think, what do you reckon Dave the Dove's reaction to this would be? Like, bloody hell. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dove with a few words. <laughs> cool. That was close. That's what he'd say. <laughs> I must have been a bit more like Cockney. <laughs> Bleeding it, mate. Deep then not, yeah? Can I hear my cockney accent? Did he have a stroke? I mean, what happens? <laughs> anyway, whilst the rocks recoil, the Argonauts, combining their mighty strength once again, bent their oars like bows as they pulled forward. I don't think that'll be that helpful. I say, right, pull! <laughs> Just snap the oars. Use as a bow! The churning ocean dashed the Argo amongst its waves and eddies... Is that correct? Among its waves and eddies. Okay. Is eddies a term? Eddies are like um, little holes between rocks. Okay, gotcha. The churning ocean dashed the Argo against its waves and eddies as the Argonauts rode furiously through the straits. And just as the rocks crashed together again, the Argo, all but... Her aft ornament pulled free and surged in the open sea upon a gigantic wave. The first humans to ever pass the clashing rocks. Didn't seem that difficult. In all fairness, they actually had some skill there. They were like, okay, they, they didn't just go into it blindly. Because that's what, like, remember last time where um, the hospitality king, they just left the, the ship just to be marooned back there, if you know what I mean. So at least they have some tactics here and they're doing it uh, skillfully. So they send the dove through, clashes, and goes whilst it's recharging, if you know what I mean. Mm. It's, it's pretty clever, although, again, Jason gets no credit for this. Firstly, the men that helped him are the ones that actually helped through it. And also, Phineas told Jason what to do. So, again, Jason is just a shit leader here, isn't yeah. he? Anyway, what else happens then? Joyful of their safety, the heroes bend their oars against the sea for days, sailing past many foreign lands. However, 
Their adventure was not without mishap. The seer, Idmon, <coughs> was slain by the tusk of a wild boar. Shortly thereafter, Tiphus, the helmsman, died from the microscopic monsters of disease. And with unbearable grief, the Argonauts mourned their fallen comrades for three days each and built monuments on the cliffs for passing ships to witness. So there's a lot that happens there. Firstly, Idmon, he is a seer. What the hell is a seer, Dad? No one ever emailed us. No, no one ever emailed Thanks, guys. We, we might even have to do a Google to figure out what a seer is. I guess it, it's a guy that's a lookout on. Um, a scout of the seas, if you know what I mean. Yes, you talk on a pretty Google. But I can't believe that whilst they're on a ship, the Idmon is killed by a wild boar. Like, how does that happen on a ship? Then they've got wine and sheep on board. Also, I like how Tiffus dies not of like an actual monster, but of disease. If you're going to get killed by a disease, Dan, what disease would it be? <laughs> if I was to die by a disease, what disease would it be? Yeah. Jesus, heart attacks, it's nice and quick, I guess. It's not really a disease, though, is it? It's brain aneurysm that just kills me then and there. It's not really a disease. No, but you have said a lot about how you want to die. And it's very nice that they take time to mourn their loss. And But I, I like it again, how they, they mourn for the loss for three days. They have three days to mourn for people, but they can't wait 20 minutes for Hercules to go and rescue his missus, you know what I mean? Um, I've just found out what a seer is. Whoa, drum roll, please. A person of supposed supernatural insight who sees visions of the future. Yeah, he couldn't see that he was going to get killed by a boar. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> so just a prophet, I guess. I see the future. Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> well, they have a lot of prophets helping them out, don't they? A lot of visions to the future, but don't... They have never... Yeah, I guess... Why can't I tell them where the Golden Fleece is and just go and pick that yeah. up? Well, they do, isn't it? In Colchis, isn't that where they're on their way to? No, that's the first island, I think. Was it? No, Colchis is where they're on their way to. Lemnos was the first island. Gotcha. That's a good point. Well, why don't you just drive there first? Oh. Of course, it takes a while. It's on the edge of the world. It takes two weeks. Um, they've been gone for quite a while. They've, they were on that one island for a year. That's what... There's, it's different different amounts of time which happens, if you know what I mean. So, uh, yeah, it, it's... I find it odd how uh, yeah, it takes a long time to just do one task. Yeah, but they've certainly lost a few people so far. Yes. On the island of Ares, the Argonauts encountered the Stemphilian birds, whose feathers were like steel arrows. That's who Hercules had yes, to yeah, use the, uh, One of his 12 labours. Task. <laughs> the birds had taken roost on the island after Her- Heracles had driven them from Greece in his sixth labour. Labour six. The Argonauts knit their shields and spears above their heads and made such a noise that they scared the birds into the mountains on the opposite shore. Afterwards, as King Phineas prophesied, the Argonauts saved four shipwrecked brothers who would aid them in their quest for the Golden Fleece. Pause it there for a sec. We just mentioned it must have taken a long time for all these things to happen, right? So in in this time, Hercules has already done his 12 tasks, so he's left. He's already done his 12 tasks. Yeah, because that was like the sixth time. <laughs> How long are they taking on this? Oh my god. Hercules is such an... You know, we didn't get enough credit that time. He's such an efficient hero because Jason's still taking around at this time. You know yeah, I mean? it's true. Also, I've decided that every time the word Golden Fleece comes, I'm going to say it really dramatically. How so? Give us an example. <laughs> Dan is standing it. The Golden Fleece! Let's just control F and see how many times he has to do that because he stood up, <laughs> got to the bathroom, and shouted it across the room. So let's just do a control F. Golden. 
quite a few. There's 18 matches of the Golden Fleece. Dan, you're going to have a timed voice at the end of it. (laughs) Carry on then. With their new passengers and favourable winds, the Argos soon approached Colchis, King Aetes' domain, near the edge of the world and the sea, with lofty Mount Caucasus rising above the kingdom. Here in the sacred grove of Ares, an immortal serpent, born of the earth and the blood of a god, watches over the... (laughs) Golden Fleece! (laughs) With eyes that never weary with sheep. Do you want to try that last line again, Dan? It says, watch over the goldfish, the eyes that never weary with sheep. <laughs> with sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Such an idiot. <laughs> I think that's a bit weird, but there's a golden fleece, and I figured sheep are fleece. That's actually really good cognitive, like, uh, yeah, how, how you... Uh, My brain yeah, thought yeah. he was going to say sheep, because <laughs> it said fleece. Basically, it's, uh, it's very similar to the one in Juno, the thing that never... Always has eyes. Oh yeah, that the hundred iron monster. Yeah. Well, so basically, they're nearly they're nearly they've um, approached Colchis. Basically, they've finally got to the. Yeah, and actually, the reason why Jason is actually there in the first place. So he goes to try and figure this all out. The Earth. Can I also mention Mount Cor- the Caucasus? Mm-hmm. Definitely can't sail to the Caucasus. They're like mainland. Or, they're like in Russia. Wow. They're like in Eurasia. Um, as a, a James boat specialist, you can sail there. <laughs> the earthbound Argonauts debated whether they should seize the Golden Fleece from King Aetes with persuasive words or by other warlike methods. How are, how is persuasive words warlike? Unless you just call them a cunt all the way through. Yeah, probably. It's nice that they actually think of like, a peaceful option of this, because this is, so far, they've killed quite a few people. Not as much as Bellathorn or anyone like that, but he's... Jason concluded that, at times, words can accomplish what prowess can hardly bungle through. So, it was that Jason and several shipmates set off for the palace of Aetes to test the power of words. They travelled through the water and reeds to higher grounds of the plain of Circes, where where it is the tradition of the citizens of Colchis to hang the corpses of the deceased men from the willow trees, and, leaving the plains... Uh, they soon entered the tall gates of Aetes Palace. Okay, a lot, a lot there. Um, so they hang, they they hang the bodies of deceased men out to dry, essentially. Yeah. So it's like, is that a fashion statement, or what, what's the purpose of that? Is it to scare no people away? Yeah. So in the courtyard of Aetes Palace, among ranks of columns, stood four fountains crafted by the god Hesphitus each gushing either water, wine, milk, or fragrant oil. That would get... Smelly? It'd get very smelly, wouldn't it? Just like, oh, Dave, there's milk all over! Oh, God! Imagine how, how that many cows that are just milk <laughs> everywhere. It's just gushing everywhere. And, so there's a milk fountain. There's a water fountain. Fair enough. A wine fountain. That's extravagant. Then fragrant oil. It's just like, is that to offset the, uh, the milk, if you know what I mean? What, what, if you're gonna have like, if you're gonna design your own house, Dan, imagine you get a lot of money. What, which, which fountain would you put in? A water fountain, a wine fountain, milk, or fragrant oil? Probably a milk fountain for all my Weetabix. <laughs> it would have to be hot milk, hot milk, and no bananas. No. Oh, imagine a hot milk fountain. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> How many Weetabix do you reckon it would take to use all the, the milk fountains 
Uh, milk, you know what I mean? Well, it depends what kind of how many milk I've put in the fountain, doesn't it? I'd say it's gushing out like a litre every 10 seconds. A litre every 10 seconds. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's a lot or a little. <laughs> a litre of milk every 10 seconds. Probably 100 wee books every 10 seconds. <laughs> Could you eat that? Give it a good go. Every 10 seconds. <laughs> every 10 seconds. Surrounding the courtyard was a rich gallery with orderly doors and chambers, festooned in flowering vines. Above them, the two tallest towers housed the family of Aetes. At the arrival of the Argonauts, the courtyard straightway filled with the throngs of people. Last of all came Aetes and his daughter, Medea. So Dan, do you know who Medea is? Medea is the... Um, Don't say the, the daughter of Aetes. The daughter of Aetes, yeah. I've heard of Medea. She is um, quite made quite famous in uh, Euripides' tragedy Medea, and she is actually one of the more brutal tragedies that there is. Uh, and I think we'll probably touch upon what happens now. What happens? Meanwhile, from lofty Mount Olympus, Hera and Athena had devised a plan to help the courageous heroes. The goddesses arranged for Eros to plunge one of his arrows into the heart of Aetes' daughter, Medea, so that she may be charmed with love for Jason and aid him in his quest. This trope, actually, this actually happens quite a lot within um, in epics, because the same thing uh, happens with uh, in episode, book one of uh, the Aeneid. Uh, Dido is pricked by Cupid's uh, bow, because uh, the, the gods want her to love uh, Aeneas, so that, that uh, she, you know, they save passage, if you know what I mean. Mm. Just the tactics from the, the gods to help them through. Among the parapets flew Eros, unseen as a gadfly among heifers. Always in, a gadfly. Always a gadfly. Eros alighted upon a lintel in the courtyard and quickly strung his bow and notched a new arrow. Messenger of pain. Ooh. So a messenger of pain. I'm the messenger of pain. That's a good metal band, isn't it? it is. Messenger of pain! I, I went to go and see um, a folk pop artist called Laura Veers recently. Laura Veers. Um, do you know of her by any chance? You were playing it this morning. It's nice, isn't it? It's alright. It's very nice, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, it is. Thank you. If you're a brain dead wet wipe. <laughs> Funny enough, that's the nicest <laughs> thing you said to me. <laughs> Laura, I'm joking, it's very soothing. However, I've, um, it was in the same week I saw Machine Head, actually, so it was a bit of a different um, vibe. Yeah, so I went from. <laughs> to. Uh, uh, really nice acoustic songs, uh, but because I told my brother I was going to see Laura Veers, and he goes, "Oh, is that a metal band?" It's like, "No, Laura Veers isn't a metal band." Because he thought it was Law of Ears. Because <laughs> that's a cool metal band, isn't it? That's a good name, isn't it? <laughs> Laura Veers. So the messenger of pain, drawing the bow wide with both hands, he let the arrow fly into the heart of Medea, who stood before Jason. The bolt burned deeply into the maiden's heart like a flame, and her soul melted with the sweet pain of love. Ooh. And the, that's a good band. That's a, that's a song name. The pain sweet of love. Pain of love. And the hue of her soft cheeks came and went, now pale, now red, now pale, in her soul's distraction. Aetes, upon seeing the shipwrecked brothers, sons of his daughter, and Phrixus. Nice. Thank you. Bade the brothers and Jason to join him in a banquet. After his guests' belies were full. <laughs> belies. <laughs> that is the most posh way I've ever said, heard someone <laughs> said bellies before. Well, Belli. it says after his bellies were full, but I, I thought it was going to say after his guests belied something, something. Yeah. 
After he's guessed bellies before, I just wasn't expecting the word bellies to come up in the. F- After the guess bellies before, and their Dan. veins coursing with nourishment, Aetes questioned his lost grandsons, what calamity had befallen them, and who were their new companions. Again, this is um, as I mentioned before, Greek hospitality, right? You feed people first, then you ask some questions. It's really rude to ask people who they are before they come in. So you're supposed to be a good guest, regardless of who they are and what political faction yeah. they're from. The eldest born of the shipwreck brothers gently replied, concerned for the success of Jason's quest. He spoke of the storm that tore their ship asunder and how they, clinging to the beams of the ship, were blown ashore an isle that night, preserved by some god and rescued by the Argonauts the following day. Also, the eldest brother spoke of Jason's quest to restore his throne and pleaded with Aetes to return the Golden Fleece to Jason, his saviour and king several times removed. I'm a bit confused what's happening. Let's decode that. So, basically, Medea's fallen in love and... Because she's been shot by Eros's arrow. Shot through the heart and you're to blame. You made love a bad name. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> Do you reckon we'll ever get sued? Mm, I'm counting on it. If you're Green Day or Bon Jovi, please <laughs> sue us at mishpodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> Um, so I think essentially they are getting to, their families are getting to know each other as the IETs are learning about Jason and stuff like that and Jason trying to find information on the fleece as well. A deadly trial. Oh wait, so what I want to know what? So what those two brothers were just shipwrecked, were they? And they just got helped. Okay, so basically uh, King IETs finds out that Jason only wants the fleece so he gets a little bit pissed off at that. Oh, I get it now. Yes, because of course this is all happening on Colchis where the fleece yeah. is. So he's like, oh, he wants my woolly jumper. Oh, well, fuck him, yeah. So, King Aetes was enraged. He suspected the Argonauts were trying to usurp his scepter and throne and threatened to cut out their tongues and hew off their hands and cut off their bill eyes. Ha. <laughs> so, Dan, it's okay, to, it's okay if I make a joke at you every now and then, you know? Okay. You're beautiful on the inside. Oh, thanks, man. But Jason spoke soothing words, assuring Aetes that he had no such desires. He was willing to pay recompense for the fleece in any... The Golden Fleece! ...in any way of war upon Aetes' enemies, and likewise, all of Iolcus, who would know of his glorious fame and generosity. So, actually, so Jason says, okay, we're not trying to get your scepter, we just want the fleece, I'll pay for it in any kind of way, we're happy... He's trying to be a diplomat. Yes. Thus, Jason flattered Aetes... However, Aetes brooded whether to slay them where they stood, spilling his freezing gifts of wine and meat, or to make trial of their might. As he pondered, the, late, uh, the, latter, the latter seemed better and more amusing. So, Aetes addressed Jason that he could bear no grudge against a brave man and would gladly give him the fleece. But, Jason, you forgot to do it. The golden fleece! It sounds like you're just dying slowly every time you're saying that. And he would gladly give him the fleece, but first Jason would have to win a deadly trial to prove his courage. Why is this always the the, the norm? It's like, hey, you want this thing? Suicide mission. Yeah. In fact, the, the reason he, he's on this thing in the first place is a suicide mission, if you know what I mean. He's always trying to please kings. Yeah. King Aetis deemed that Jason, accom- Jason accomplished a series of tasks that were a grand in scale as the labours of Heracles which were done three years ago get your shit done Jason 
First, he was yoked to a pair of five breathing oxen in plower field. So he had to plow a field whilst those five five breathing cows. <laughs> Sorry, but that's the silliest myth I've ever heard about. <laughs> Beware! <laughs> this is so weird. Also, if you plow a field, they're going to be in front of you, so it's not like that. Imagine getting. Oh, you hear a. Uh, Dave the Dove got killed by the clashing rocks. Well, some people died of a six-armed monster. How did Robert die? Five breathing cow. <laughs> it's embarrassing, isn't it? In the furrows, uh, Jason was instructed to sow the field with the teeth of a dragon. This is getting very fantastical, isn't it? Then he was to dispatch the skeleton warriors that would bring to, that would spring to life. And finally, he was to defeat the dragon that would never sleep whilst guarding the golden... Golden Fleece! <laughs> Jason, feeling caught in an evil trap between King Aetes and King Peleus, and doomed to die, nonetheless accepted the challenge. He would just go home if he wanted to. Yeah, so he's almost... He's not... He's like, you have to plough a field. <laughs> Alright, mate. With the teeth of a dragon, fire-breathing oxen, and then also some skeletal warriors. It's like, for fuck's sake, mate, just kind of just like, I don't know, do jury service or something. (laughs) And so, the guests retired, the heroic figures making an impressive progression through the banquet hall. Jason, most of all, shining with beauty and grace that burned in Medea's heart and soul with desire. Fortunately, the king's daughter, Medea, had fallen in love with Jason because she was a mortal witch, second to none, and would aid Jason's quest. Golden Fleece! Only 14 more times to go! <laughs> so, his first trial, five breathing cows. What happens then? Medea fretted all night how to help the young stranger, fearful that if he die, she may never recover from her sorrows. Oh my god, calm down. But how to prepare the charms about her father, the king, being any wiser? By morning, she had formed a plan to rescue Jason from his deadly contest. While her handmaidens were preparing the chariot, Medea secreted the charm of Prometheus, which protects men from the wounds of both bronze and fire, that she had gathered from a flower that sprang from the blood of the tortured god himself and required many steps to prepare. It's uh, a long-ass sentence. Just as a note, um, you know that the charm of Prometheus, which protects people of uh, wounds of both bronze and fire? Yeah, where's that been before? That didn't protect Prometheus. <laughs> he gets his liver put down every day. <laughs> no, that doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't protect you from Brian the Eagle, then, does it? Hello! Oh, it's nice to see you again! <laughs> He's not a parrot, is he? <laughs> uh, Miss Brian. So, she helps him with this flower, right? Medea promised to help Jason win the Golden Fleece! Only if he would marry her. <laughs> Jason's ambition was enough to make her any promise. So, he was eager to swear loyalty, and Medea gave him her charms and further instructions. Winning Medea's favour would make Jason a match for any man mortal or immortal. Also, this is the second lady that's fallen in love with him as well. Uh, so what is it about Jason? Because so far he's just quite good with words. There's nothing else about him, if you know what I mean? I think they like the idea that he... he oh, he's the leader. Actually, we have, this is the first time we're actually going to have to see him do something. Yes, well, he did persuade the king Aetis, but... That's true, he's obviously a man of great, great rhetoric. But still... On the day of the contest, Jason sprinkled his charms on himself, his weapons, comrades and horses. <laughs> so he sprinkled charms on himself, because it sounded like he just sprinkled his weapons, comrades and horses on them. It's like, yeah, I'm feeling lucky, guys. <laughs> oh, 
what are you doing, Jason? Jason swelled with strength. He got swole. When he approached the field, both bulls rushed out of their underground lair. They were in a fucking underground lair. Wrapped in smoke, fire billowing from their nostrils, their brazen hooves cracking the earth. Quaking. I've decided it says cracking because quaking just didn't sound right. <laughs> the heroes of the Argo and citizens of Colchis witnessing the contest were afraid of the mere sight. However, Jason withstood their onslaught, grabbing them by the horns as they charged and bringing them to their knees, then fastening them to the yoke of Mr. Flames. Uh, is that where grabbing by the horns comes from? Well, I think grab the ball by the horns just means, just, just in general, like grab a, if you want to get something done, just grab a... Grab it, the balls will just grab it by the horns and get it done with. Maybe we should grab the fire breathing oxen by the horns. That's that's a better phrase. Yeah, in the trout. Um, also, when he says he sprinkles this charm across himself and he swelled with strength, it's took steroids. Yeah, it's just steroids, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just pumped like yeah, man. Anyway, so he's done the it's first part. Charms. He's done the first part of the first task. However, there's the second part of the first task. He has to sow the seeds with his dragon teeth. Jason took up the reins and plough handle, fashioned of the legendary adamant, and pricked the bulls in the flanks with his spear. The bulls raged forward, breathing flames and billowing winds that all seafaring men feared. Yet Jason guided them with a firm but steady hand. The team of bulls broke the tough ground, and behind Jason sowed the furrows with the seas that filled his helmet. <laughs> but it was no ordinary sea that the treacherous King Aetes had given Jason. They were teeth torn out of the jaw of the Ionian dragon. Oh, that's that's it. So, that ended very suddenly, and we realised that's the final part. Um, he says it was treacherous, but I don't know why it was treacherous. Uh, so, it kind of ends very suddenly, uh, and, yeah, it doesn't explain why it was treacherous as well. So, what, so maybe we should just make our own reason, because... Maybe, I don't know, it seems a little bit of an anticlimactic way to finish the part two, if you know what I mean, because that's officially the end of part two. However, it, it's, it seems very easy for Jason. Well, it's left on a cliffhanger, actually. Well, yeah, because more stuff does happen, but who knows what happens. So he's sowing the seeds, but the seeds are dragon teeth. But I don't think anything more happens, right? Maybe it does. Who knows? Maybe, maybe yes. Actually, it's built as a as a cliffhanger. Surely, dragon teeth must grow into something when you plant them. That's obviously what they're leading to. Orchids. Yeah, probably. Yeah, chrysanthemums. What's your favourite flower, Dan? Forget me nots. No, I don't know what they're my favourite flowers. I do like an orchid. I do like. Mm, what's your favourite flower? I don't know if I have a favourite flower. I, I do like roses. I just you know daffodils are very nice. So. I know exactly what the one I'm trying to think of, but God knows what they're called. My grandparents have them in their garden. It's like the road. It's like the a big bush that clings like that um, has like big, big purple and red flowers. Dahlias, something like that. Or? I don't know what it is. Anyway, that one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But no, dragon teeth must grow into stuff when you plant them. That's what they're leading to, isn't it? Little did he know that he was, you know, seeding dragon teeth. So obviously, maybe just building a very slow dragon. Um, maybe. Uh, but also, at the moment, uh, King Aetis is like, hey, can you just do some chores around the house for me? <laughs> the first dangerous trial is plough the field. Mm. The second one is pick up the hoover. <laughs> Clean my car. Um, anyway, that's the end of part two of Jason and the Arknots. And we're going to... 
Oh, we already ranked it, but we're going to re-rank it again. <laughs> Make sure it's actually accurate. And uh, we're going to see who's more accurate, Dan or I. Okay, jingle now. Dan, are you ready uh, to rank this mother? Yeah, it was pretty obvious you've won, haven't you? Have I? Yeah, because you've put it as 28, I put it as 30, and there's no way this was the same, this was more than the first one. Well, who knows, Dan? I might be crazy generous. <laughs> <laughs> 40 marks, 10 across the board. <laughs> Life skills, what are you thinking, Matt? What did we learn? How to shoot someone in the heart with an arrow? How to get some oxen? That, that's a very typical Dan Rose thing. You ask me a question and they go, no, I'll answer it. <laughs> yeah, we'll learn how to uh, sow, uh, sow land. We'll learn how to tame bulls. We'll learn... Fire-breathing oxen. Yeah, not normal bulls. Uh, we learn how to uh, make a woman fall in love with us. Manipulation. Yep. <laughs> uh, we we learn how to... Uh, ask Rescue shipwrecked people. Yes, we'll learn how to... Uh, fly away from clashing rocks. Yeah, that's true. We'll we learn, learn to sail quite quickly as well. We'll learn to sail through clashing rocks. We'll learn how to do animal abuse on Dave the Dove. Yeah, we learn how to get away from the Stomalian birds, whatever they're called. Stymphomalian, yeah. That's all right. Uh, that's actually a good one. Uh, we learn how to become a gadfly. <laughs> Always happens. We learn how to plot and plan for a seal of gun, please. Yeah. And, but not really follow through much. We uh, learn how to... Yeah, I suppose. Cause how is he going to get past that mortal serpent? Though? That's the one I'm excited about. Oh, well, maybe some dragon teeth. Um, we also learn that. Um, oh, we also learn that you have to mourn for your dead for three days. Yeah. We also learn that the, the most monstrous um, monster you'll ever face is disease. Yes, that's true. Uh, and. And we learn that even if you can predict the future, you can't predict getting stabbed by a wild boar. Yeah, and you, you never trust a wild boar on a ship. That's never trust. <laughs> never bring a wild boar aboard a ship. And also, we learn how to build a, a milk fountain. Yeah, that's true. Milk, wine, fragrant oil fountain. Yep. Uh, I guess that's a decent amount. Lots of small ones, I'd say. Uh, learn how to be persuasive. Yeah. Uh, also learn to just do other people's bidding all the time as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you reckon? Seven. <laughs> Is that because you voted that? No, I actually do think it's probably a seven. We both put seven anyway. Ah, uh, seven. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This, it doesn't seem as much as others, but it's decent, but not as much as others. I have a six on seven, I would say. Is seven too generous, though? Nah, we Nah, don't. yeah, it's a decent amount, yeah. Yeah. Um, moral. Let's not look at our scores. So I, th- I, I can't think. remember what I put yeah. morals. Morals. Okay, we've just discussed quite a lot. Uh, but if you don't make someone fall in love with someone else just for tactical gains, uh, don't. If you're gonna instead of killing someone, get them to do some tasks for you. Yeah. Um, get them to do your chores. Um, uh, it's. If you need someone to fall in love with you, just get some a god to do it for you. Yes, exactly. I pray every day. <laughs> um. We learned 
We learned that uh, how to be a good guest in terms of hospitality rights. You feed them and then ask them questions. Learn how to uh, it's okay to save people's lives. Yeah. We learned that. Um, hmm. It's not hugely moral heavy. It's not moral heavy. We thought it might be. But, but later we did learn that it's okay to. That they're actually really pious in terms of they mourn their dead for three days. Yeah, but that's not really. I suppose he did welcome everyone in. You know, he. Yeah. But is that more etiquette than moral? The moral, yeah. Him helping him and the shipwreck brothers, giving them food to drink and eat. I think maybe. Um, I'm thinking four, Matt. Yeah, I'm saying four as well. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Creativity. Creativity. It's quite creative. I like it. Take it through, then. Stemphilian birds. Yes. Loads of... <laughs> A lot of different monsters this time. A lot of different monsters. Fire breathing ox. Fire breathing ox. Dragon Dragons. Teeth. Serpent. I know we haven't met the serpent yeah, yet, yeah. but we know of it. Um, Medea. Uh, uh, and the fact that, you know, Medea is quite the, a. The crashing rocks. Uh, different kings getting them both to do different tasks as well. Uh, yep, it's true. Uh, uh, the end of. Yeah, I. Um, the guy getting killed by disease, the other guy gets stabbed by a boar. Um, uh, the fact that Jason actually plans to actually figure out how to get Jason uh, yeah. to talk about it as opposed to yeah uh, in, I'm just happy they finally actually made it to bloody Colchis yeah these are actually here now and there's also um, uh, intervention by the gods as well so yeah and also we see a bit more of the shipmates as well we see Jason do more stuff as well so I guess yeah um, not crazy high but decent maybe a six I would say I would say a six and finally, WTF. So, what's messed up here? Clash of Rocks is a bit weird. Clash of Rocks is a bit weird. Try to kill David Dove. Try to kill David Dove. Um, the fact that he, the king, thought about killing them all. Yeah, uh, he gets so enraged by people trying to take his throne. And the fact that he actually makes him do more tasks is really weird. Yeah. Um, the fire breathing ox. No yes. use to that, really. <laughs> it's mental. Uh, Dragon Teeth. We still haven't worked out why he's Dragon Teeth, but we'll find out in part three, hopefully. Uh, it's, I think it's messed up that the gods manipulate this young woman's heart just so it's easier for him to help Jason, if that means. Yeah. It's very twisted, if you know what I mean. That's yes. really cruel. Uh, and again, we'll see what happens as a result of that. But um, yeah, in the end, yeah, it's never, it never ends well. Uh, we also bump into a lot of different famous people like Circe's, uh, the Plains of Circe's and uh, stuff like that. So I think, and we travel around a bit more like Calchas uh, uh, and in the sacred. Yeah, it's not really to be TF though, is it? Uh, I don't know, I'm not crazy. Oh, I think what is messed up, it's taken ages to do it. Hercules finished his 12 labours by now and that still took him like 13 years. That is pretty messed up, yeah. It did take him like... It took him a long time. Yeah, right? yeah. He, well, this fair. We know he. Well, we don't know if we've done all of them, but we definitely know by now he's done at least the sixth labour because that was the seventh labour. But, but we, him, that doesn't mean he's done all of them. It still took. It took him like a year to figure out to get a one. He got the deer, wasn't it? Yeah. So, it, that says a lot about how long it's taken. Him. Yeah, that's true. It's taken time, him a while. The timelines are all messed up here. Yeah. So I think, I think this is about a six or a seven, six or maybe five. I think it's like at least a thirteen. <laughs> Are you trying to <laughs> trying to get your score? Yeah. Um, At least a thirteen out of ten. 
<laughs> for a very average myth. Nah, it's like a six, isn't it? It's like is a it five. Crazy? It's a five. I think a five. It's right down the middle because five is always the score we give very average myths. So it's uh, it's a seven for life skills, four for myths and morals, uh, six for creativity, and five for WTF. It's weird that um, life skills is actually the highest out of them. It's usually the lowest score on one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, so what's that add up to then? Twenty two. So who won? Uh, who won out of it all? Well, well, let's read out our scores actually. So we both said like seven for life skills and all fairness. Morals, you put seven, I put six. So you won on that one. I won on that one. Because Creativity, four. you put six, I put eight. You won on that one. Did I actually get it off? Yeah, bang on as well. WTF, we were both way off, eight and nine. Yeah, um, but you know, I think we were kind of right because Jason did kind of get a bit more character progression. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, He's actually doing stuff. And we actually saw a lot more monsters as well. We did, so that was correct. It just wasn't as as meaty as, it, yeah, as I wanted it to be. Still good nonetheless. I look forward to part three to find out when he... Well, hopefully he gets the actual... God I think at least we know he's at Colchis now, and he's just got to do a few tasks, and he's there. That's all he's got to do. And I think it's going to be absolutely mental on this one. This next one's going to be... It's going to be a proper ending to this whole myth as well. Hopefully, so. Uh, before we go... Daniel, uh, I like to plug my Edinburgh Fringe show. Uh, Far away. Dan, actually, can you plug my Edinburgh Fringe show for me? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember much of the details? Yeah, Matt's currently doing Edinburgh. Um, he's having a great time. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll be in Edinburgh during the whilst this is on. So, yeah. Um, um, you, well, we're assuming you're having a good time. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably crying in a puddle. Yeah. Um, you are doing uh, Love's Labour's Hoss. Lovers Labour's Hoss, yeah. Lovers Labour's Hoss with your friend. Nice level. Nice level. Um, see so what you did there. Um, that's really good, and you're also doing what, your. What time is it on, Dan? One of them is ten. It well, one of them is twenty-two forty-five. But Lovers Labour's host is at is in in the evening. Seven two eight. Yeah, and where is it at? Three broomsticks. Three broomsticks. Seven to eight. And Lovers Labour's host. Do come along to that. And that's totally free, and be it's like my best material as well. Earlier on the day, ten thirty uh, in the morning, I'm at um, I'm at doing the Vivas Vegan Showcase, getting the best vegan comedians to perform. Some at a coffee morning is really fun. Isn't that fun, Dan? It's really fun, yeah. It'd be nice and chill. The earliest I've ever done stand up, but it'll be fun. Um, uh, and also, we are also in the evening, twenty two forty five to twenty three forty five. Oh, the the Vivas Vegan ones is at in Henderson's, the vegetarian cafe. And the one in the evening, the compilation show, Matt's Comedy Collage, is 22.45 for an hour. Some of my best friends in comedy. And some people, I don't know. You've got a busy schedule, Matt, every night. And also teching for Laura Lex. So, yeah. um, busy, busy time. Yeah, but I, you might as well do it, then not do it, if I you agree. know what I mean. Like, uh, and I'm spending a lot of money to be up there, I might as well smash it, if you know yeah. what I mean. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. And uh, what would you... Like, you know, there's usually quotes and posters. What quote would you give me so I can use as promotional things? What, to entice these listeners, how would you tell them? So it's like Matt Hoss, and then like a little like quotation. Uh, what, what quote would you use for Matt Hoss? I'd probably use... He's, been ha- he's had this gig in the trout for a while. <laughs> or I would probably use a beaten up Nick Frost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Matt, um, other than Edinburgh, we should probably mention quickly that people can get in touch with us yes. at Miss Podcast, Twitter and or Facebook, or email us at misspodcast at gmail.com, misspodcast at gmail.com. Give us five stars on iTunes, please. We're now also on Spotify, so do enjoy. Yes, yeah, so please stream and review us. 
Um, that the only exception to that rule is if you're Green Day, please don't, please don't sue us. <laughs> Copyright lawyers, stay away. Anyway, we're going to crack off now. Crack off? <laughs> that sounds like we're going to do it to each crack other. Crack off now, yeah. Just, <laughs> after every podcast, we just crack off. On, just get naked and crack off. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Dan, thank you for being a lovely co-host. Thank you for having me today. On, on my podcast. <laughs> Wait, isn't this, it's technically you took the lead in this one, so uh, you, can, you can end it as well. Uh, okay, guys, thank you. Um, and, um, yeah, but although if you do go to Matt's Edinburgh Fringe Festival, um, when you go up to him and say, hi, Matt, can you say to him really loudly, just at the end of the gig, go, oh, my God, are you Matt Hoss of Miss Fame? He'll love it. Miss Podcast Fame. But do you... Right at the end of my final right, punchline. Yeah. Oh my god, I just realised that's Matthew Hawes of Miss Podcast fame. <gasps> As, like, a point, really aggressively. And if you have a shoe or something, just throw it at me, you know, like, yeah, that'd be great. I'll definitely forget about that and I'll cry. If that also, happens. Matt really loves people that heckle him with air horns, so do, <laughs> do bring an air horn um, and just fire away whenever during his gig, whenever you want. He, it's one of his favourite things. Oh. Air horns. Or Vivazelas also do the same job. Or fireworks. <laughs> or fireworks. <laughs> anyway, see you guys soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Miss. Miss.